guys, I'm Naina and welcome to episode four of Make and Break, the DNAD podcast in conjunction with WPP. So a bit of background before we dive in. We've made this series as a way of helping more people kickstart their creative career by sharing the learnings of the New Blood Academy beyond the walls of the Academy. So throughout the series, I've been chatting to a range of industry leaders with the help of some of the people who have been through the New Blood Academy. The New Blood Academy with WPP, it's a two-week accelerator programme and it's developed to set up young creatives with all the skills they need for jobs in the industry. So in essence, it aims to develop the skills and mindset that the creative industry needs, but which education sometimes struggles to teach. So to date, it has propelled the careers of 250 young people, securing them jobs across the WPP network and into roles at BBC, Google, Amazon and Warner Brothers. Each episode, we've picked a different topic. So last episode, it was culture and relevance. And today we're focusing on the topic of thinking. So we're so focused on technology and innovation. Are we sometimes forgetting about the art of thinking? I'm joined by James Hilton. Hello. Hello. Hi. You've had a lot of experience in running creative and digital agencies. Um, and working well, with brands. Well, I've only brands. done it once. But I did it for a long time, so right. I think that probably counts. <laughs> well, thank you for joining us today. Uh, I'm also joined by Kath, a New Blood participant. Hello. Hello, how are you? I'm good. <laughs> good. It's going to go terribly. <laughs> Why is it going to go terribly? I just... It's only going to go terribly if you do a terrible job. Yeah, okay. Are you going to do a terrible job? No, I'm going to do a great job. Oh, brilliant. There you go then. Yeah. James, talk to me about your career. Oh, dear. <laughs> Um, We've got time. So, um, it all started. <laughs> uh, I, was at, um, I was at college and um, I was doing an HND in graphic design and um, they were running all these competitions at college and I was lucky enough to win them all. So I kind of already had clients when I was at college, um, which really meant that I wasn't terribly interested in finishing college um and um i stole a copy of creative review from the college library very sorry i owe you four pound <laughs> seventy um and in the back of this uh in the back of this magazine was a an ad um that said interactive programmer designer wanted right mm. and nobody knew what that was um, but I had an idea of what it was because that's I'd kind of when everyone when everyone went to the pub, um, I would ask to get locked into the computer room. Right. Um, yeah, I'm a real social butterfly. <laughs> um, and um, and so I answered the the uh, the ad and it turned out to be a jazz. Um, you know, he was starting AKQA mm -hmm. and uh, we met. And we got on instantly um, and we found out that we were like born, you know, one day apart, you know, literally same year, one day apart um, and had an awful lot in common. And uh, literally the first thing that we were going to do together was um, he'd managed to get a meeting at Virgin um, because Virgin wanted to know what the Internet was going to look like for Virgin in, in 10 years time. Right. And so the, the very first... Um, business meeting I ever had was at Virgin. You must right? have been quite and, young. Yeah, I was 21. Yeah. Um, and uh, and so I was living in Southampton at the time, so, you know, I kind of got the brief, <laughs> went back to Southampton, um, 
and uh, the first thing I was there was an internet magazine. There was one internet magazine that was out on the shelves, and on the back of it was an ad for the only internet service provider in the UK. So I phoned them up, and um, they answered the phone almost immediately because clearly nobody was phoning them <laughs> looking for internet. And I started asking them all these questions about what the internet was and what did it do and what was HTTP and mm -hmm. what was a browser. And they told me, and so I kind of took that and then made up uh, in that week what I thought Virgin was going to look like. And we took it to Richard, um, well, to Virgin the next the next week. Mm. Um, and uh, they loved it and gave us a round of applause and said, well, brilliant, uh, let's carry on doing that. And so... Um, I then kind of came up for the weekend um, to work with the jars. Mm. And over the next few months, every now and again, we would drive back to Southampton to pick up a few more of my things. Right. Um, so I think it's turned out to be the longest weekend in history because <laughs> that was kind of 20-odd years ago. Um, and um, and that's how we started. There's, you know, we... You know, we we never wanted to be the biggest. We just wanted to be the best. We didn't. I don't think we really understood uh, the rules, right? Because uh, we didn't know the right questions to ask to know what those rules were in the first place. And we just did what we thought was right. We saw that, you know, the world was suboptimal. Um, that the, uh, the digital media could bring uh, a new way for brands to communicate with their audience. Um, and that was very exciting for us, and so so began, you know, quite the roller coaster. You know, I think I think in the first three years of AKQA, um, you know, neither of us had a weekend, right? Um, you know, and every single day was eighteen hours. And I remember one particular uh, time when the jazz and I we worked for three days straight, um, and then went to bed on. Um, Monday and woke up on Wednesday. Slept the whole week, yeah. yeah. Um, and we just uh, we grew and grew and grew and diversified, and um, you know it became um, you know an incredible story and allowed an awful lot of people um, to do some really amazing work. So, Kath, art of thinking. What would you consider are the enemies of thinking? Laziness, because. It's hard to think. It's inconvenient, right? Most people shy away from inconvenience. Um, briefs. So when you get given a brief, um, more often than not, briefs can be incredibly prescriptive. And the point is that briefs are called briefs because they should be brief. Uh, but more often than not, they're kind of like five pages long, and the creative bit's been highlighted, um, mm. and the you know the the desired result is actually already in the brief. Um, so people stop thinking for themselves. Also, when people are surrounded by strategic departments or um, you know creatives or you know people with lots and lots of job titles, and so. Um, you know, creative communities are siloed up, that stops people thinking as well because they each start expecting somebody else to do some of the heavy lifting. I've had a few conversations with people, like, since the end of the academy, like, through, like, email conversations and stuff because, like, I came out of a graphic design degree filled with briefs and mm. stuff and, like, now I want to make films. Mm. And they've been basically been like, 
carry on making films because it's like you can express what you want to say like um instead of following a brief or like making stuff for other people mm. like people yeah. will appreciate you for your creativity but isn't the whole point of a brief is when i get a brief i take that brief apart yeah, and then exactly. you find the hidden message Precisely. and then you're like right that that's what i'm going for yeah absolutely yeah. a brief is a problem yeah right or mostly a brief is a symptom of a problem as creative communicators our role is to interrogate and dissect that brief so that we go beyond the symptom to find the root cause of the problem um you know it's, it's not about the band-aid that we've got to design it's about well why do you keep cutting yourself um maybe you need new glasses you know maybe you need to learn how to use a knife correctly you know there's all mm. sorts of reasons why these things keep happening to to businesses um and it's our job to find out what those things are and solve those problems um by the most relevant and appropriate means at our disposal and if that means that the solution is a film awesome if that means the solution is a table awesome you know but solve the problem um and you know so that that uh, that person doesn't that that brand that company that whatever stops making that same mistake because if you just answer a brief you'll never solve the problem you'll make a really pretty band-aid <laughs> what do you think's more valuable thinkers or doers um thinkers who can do combination of the two yeah 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 it's like you know everyone talks about design thinking as this um hallowed it will save the world type philosophy um and it's cool i don't disagree with it um but um design thinking is nothing without design doing it's like you can design you can you can think about something that is beautiful but if it doesn't work, then it's not beautiful. It's redundant. So you you have to be able to think and do. It's no good just pondering stuff and, you know, putting out concepts for stuff. You have to understand how to make the thing that you're talking about or have to you have to work with people who can do. Mm. Kath, do you agree? Yeah, I think um I think uh, I think I'm definitely more weighted into the thinking side of things and I've had like a lot of experiences like throughout uni and stuff or like just in group projects where like I've ended up in a team of people who are more like weighted to being doers. Mm. And it's like I'll be there like thinking about like the beginning of a project like oh we need to think mm. we need to think this through we need to like realize if it's going to work and then the doers start like doing the bits mm. at, and yeah. I'm there like think <laughs> it's kind of you do need these high you need to be a hybrid you can't yeah. you know in the same way that you can't be a thinker without being a doer it's it's you know it's like being a doer without being a thinker it's like you know i've met both types of people and both types of people utterly frustrate me <laughs> it's like i remember years ago interviewing for you know um you know i needed a creative director you know, and getting all these people in. And I'm looking for the craft as well as the thought, you know, and there's this one guy and I'm kind of, 
you know, I'm trying to be diplomatic with him and I'm trying to find out, you know, what, what it is that he does. And so in the end, I just say, look, what is it that you do? And he goes, you know, I just, I ignite ideas. And it's just, oh, fuck off. <laughs> you know, it's just, I haven't, got, I haven't got time for it. What can you actually do and produce? And in the same light, you know, you kind of, you get designers or people that say they're designers. And you go, well, what, what's all that lorem ipsum that you've chucked in there? And it's like, oh, I'm waiting for the copy. Like, well, why don't you write the copy? Mm. You know, the, the copy is part of the design because the design is about communication and the communication is what it says and does and what it makes somebody feel. So you know, this whole siloed, I do, des I do drawing, I do writing, I do thinking, I do strategy. It's just a nonsense to me. It's like you should do everything. You're, yeah. a, you're a creative person. Everything that is out there is at your disposal to be part of your creative arsenal. <laughs> Who do you think you are? Do you ever stop and think about your own abilities, career achievements? Is it valuable to think of these things? <sighs> Who do I think I am? <laughs> Um, no, I don't, I don't really think about it at all. It's, um, I'm as good as my last piece of work. You know, it doesn't matter that, you know, what I did 15 years ago. It doesn't matter what I did five years ago or five months ago. What matters to me is what did I do last week? Actually, what matters more to me is what am I doing this afternoon? Mm. You know, it's kind of... History doesn't, you know, it doesn't interest me. You know, my personal history doesn't actually interest me all that much. You know, and as to whether or not I, you know, I, I certainly don't waltz around going, do you know who I am? Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. You know, mm. I'm an idiot and I know it <laughs> and that's fine. Would you say, like, personality comes into it a lot like in a hiring people sort of sense? Like... I think a lot in the creative industries, it's like you're going to have to work quite closely with people if mm. you're on a team. Mm. And, like, I always, like, worry a bit because I think I come across quite timid at first. Mm. And I know that, like, people want to work with confident people, like, mm. fun people. Mm. Like, do you think it's important that you have a definition of who you are when you go into, like, these job opportunities? Um, well, like I said... If you're doing the, if you're if you're hiring correctly, um, you're a hiring people who are smarter than you, um, or you're hiring people you can learn from, um, and you're hiring people who you think might learn something from your organisation, um, and you think you can give them, you think that they'll um, grow within the opportunity that you're going to be able to provide them um, and they're not going to get bored. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you can kind of teach people how not to, you can help people not be timid. Yeah. You know, I mean, being, you know, everyone's timid to a degree. Um, but as somebody who's hiring, um, you want the, you want amazing talent. You want to be surrounded by amazingly talented people. And sometimes that talent comes with ego and bullshit. 
um, and you have to have a tolerance limit for how much ego and bullshit you're willing to tolerate um, before the trade-off um, uh, becomes uh, too weighted against. Yeah. Um, but likewise, um, people need to... Uh, there's no point in being uh, so timid that you cannot express your ideas mm. because at that point... You know, you'll have loads of ideas that might be world-changing, but because you were too shy to say anything, nobody's ever going to know about it. Yeah. So, you know, it's kind of incumbent to have a voice for your own ideas and for people who own companies, who own agencies, to make those, to ensure uh, that they're safe environments for people to be able to speak up about their ideas and for the... Um, and for people to respect and listen to people's ideas, even if those ideas don't make it through, um, everyone's ideas need to be listened to. Yeah. You know, and if the people are coming up with um, ideas that are inappropriate or naive, then again, it's incumbent upon the people around them, it's incumbent upon the companies and the agencies to help that person learn why that idea was naive or why that idea was not based on um good insight and help mm -hmm. them improve and help them get better and not just go oh, that's a shit idea yeah um on the academy like in the second week we got given a big pitch and we got put into groups and i think they organized our groups based on everyone's abilities like so it was like a balanced thing and um, before like we got given the brief, we had a workshop all about teamwork mm -hmm. and um, like how to make the most of people in your team. Mm -hmm. And I found it like a really beneficial exercise because I think my group had like a real mix of like introverted and extroverted people. Mm -hmm. And like we had to like go around and talk about like if we were like that and like the quiet people in the group like, had to understand like you just need to tell the extroverted people to be quiet and the extroverted people learn to understand that you need to be quiet and listen to other people's ideas. And it was just a really good exercise. Like, I hadn't been in that kind of situation before where, like, you're actually given time to appreciate the people in your group and figure out how to make it work as a mm -hmm. team. Mm -hmm. It was a really beneficial thing. I think it's kind of similar to what you were saying. Yeah. That's great. And it's very useful because that it also helps you understand a very important lesson, which is you how to... How to do the best that can be done, not the best that you can do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how important do you think it is to have and celebrate different ways of thinking? Um, as we spoke about before, um, the key to creativity is knowing lots of stuff, right? Um, but there's only so much that you can know, right? Uh, and so you need to be surrounded by lots of people who know lots of stuff and how they process what they know um, will be defined by their upbringing by their world view everything right and you know it'll be in, so it's an incredibly it's not just incredibly important it is absolutely vital to have like these diverse working environments not just so you can say our male female ratio is equal 
because that's not diverse that's statistics it's like but it's about having you know gender diversity racial diversity sexual orientation diversity neurolog neurological diversity um socio-economic diversity everything right because everything has everything to do with everything and whatever somebody has been however somebody is brought up or however somebody looks upon the world has a huge impact in how they process their own information and the solutions and calculations that come out of the other end of it and the more you have the more diversity you have around you the more diverse your ideas are going to be and the more you learn and the more they learn off you and so you all move forward together um you know and i think that the idea of you know of course it's amazing that you know everyone's trying to get more diverse working environments but they need to understand that you know without equality diversity is meaningless without everyone understanding that everyone is equal that doesn't matter if you're neurotypical or if you're you know on the autistic spectrum or if you're gay or if you're straight uh, or if you're male or female black and white doesn't matter you're equal and your ideas have equal standing and your thinking process has equal merit and when brought together you become greater than the sum of your parts uh, james we've been asking our industry leaders to give our listeners a task so something that they can take away from this episode and actually do to help them so some, something someone might have you know, you would want to hear when you were starting out. So have you got any... You said earlier that you had loads, but have they... Have you... um, it's, not really, it's not really something I wish I'd been told. It's more around something I hear a lot. And uh, actually, somebody asked me today, they said, you know, I'm just coming out of college and I haven't got much work in my portfolio um is it is it okay if i just make it up right right and it's like yeah and they said what it doesn't matter if it's not real of course it doesn't matter if it's not real it has to be viable mm. it doesn't have to have as in been given to us it doesn't have to have been done pre- right yeah you know it doesn't have to be um in real life mm. right so you know, if you have an idea for, you know, I've got an Evian bottle in front of me here. Mm. Um, you know, if you have an idea for Evian that is going to uh, help them transform their business and, you know, gain new customers and mm. shift more stock, mm-hmm. what's the idea? Put it into your portfolio. Get it in there. It isn't a yeah. bit of work, paid it, work. Yeah, it's exactly. Just, it doesn't need yeah. to be paid work. It doesn't need to be finished work. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's like... Show me how you think and show me what you can do, mm-hmm. right? All right, so you're saying it needs to be a film and you're not a filmmaker. Okay, we'll draw the storyboard around that. Mm-hmm. Or if it's a, a product or a service, you know, plan it out. Show me and then show me what your insights were. Take, take me through how you got to that, mm-hmm. right? And why is it any good? And what does it do for every animal? What does it do for a customer? Yeah. Yeah, because... Um, I need to see that you understand commercial viability of your ideas. Yeah. Right. 
um, or likewise look at the and the, you know again it's kind of advice that I give to you know I guess students or you know recent graduates it's like you know they said oh you know I want to go for an interview at um, you know at Native or at AKQA what should I do mm. look at their clients mm -hmm. right look at their clients find a client pick a client interrogate it understand it find out what the business problems are find out what the share price is up to uh, find out what's going on in the news with that client yeah uh, find out what um, issues that are currently facing them yeah and then solve the issues yeah just because you don't have a brief doesn't mean you don't have the ideas uh, again yeah. we're not you know designers are problem solvers mm. we're all designers we all design with different different things, different tools, but we all problem solve. That's that would be the task. I don't mm. know if it's a task as such. No, it's a task, it's, yeah. definitely. To go away and put things into a portfolio just because it's not work doesn't mean you can't put your ideas down and create yeah. something. Yeah, no. Yeah, it's like, you know, I see loads of portfolios that here's some logos I designed. Yeah. Awesome, well done. You and everyone else. Yeah. Why did you design them? Mm. What was the problem in the first place? Mm. Or did you just do it because it looked pretty? Yeah. Um, Kath, quickly, just before we wrap up, um, talk to me a little bit about the two weeks um, and your highlights. Um, I just want to say, at the beginning of the two weeks, I was absolutely terrified. Yeah. Like, I arrived on the first day, and there was like some people who'd come in duos, or like people who come from the same unis, mm -hmm. and like I live in London anyway, and like non, I didn't know of anybody before I got there, yeah. and like literally, it was just, I really think it came at a time when. I was I felt a bit lost like I graduated uni this year it was like a few weeks like I think it was like a month into the summer mm. and like I didn't have a clue what I was doing and the whole thing was just like one like it was just like so inspiring like it was a massive ego boost I think um it's really good the way they seem to have like designed the whole program in the mm. sense that like a lot of it's about like being mindful of like your creativity and like how to present yourself, like, as I said earlier about, like, it's about confidence a lot of it. Has it, do you feel um, like it's helped with your confidence? Yeah, a lot. That's great. Like, um, I think at the end of it, a lot of people said to me, like, on the last day, like, oh, you're so different, like, you're, well, it comes with, like, being comfortable around people as yeah, well, of course. Like, yeah. you've got, like, a lot more confidence than I thought you did at the beginning of it. And now it's, like, I feel like I'd actually be able to go into a job and, like, just, like, know how to be and, like, how to present myself a lot more. Mm -hmm. And, like... And I'm a bit like self-deprecating sometimes. Like, I remember um, when we were doing like the group project at one point. Like, I'd wrote down this thing on the board, and I was like, "Oh, I've done this like really lame thing." And like this person in my group was like, "It's not lame. Like, nothing you do is lame. Like, have some confidence in yourself." Yeah. And I think that was like a really good ethos, like with the mm. course in general. That it's yeah. about that. Like. Some of the talks you'd come out and it'd feel like you'd been in therapy for like twenty minutes <laughs> or something. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah. Um yeah, I just think it's a really beneficial thing. And I was kind of surprised that like my uni, like, they didn't like everybody always talks about DNA D that like you should win DNA D, you can get a pencil that looks really great. Mm. But it's like they should be saying to you, like, win DNA D so you have the opportunity to go on this course. It's yeah. like the perfect bridging gap between education and like actually going into a creative job. Yeah. Like I've yeah, I've just met so many great people as well. Have you well. stayed in touch with everyone as well? Yeah, like we we're all like still talking. There's like a big Facebook group. Cool. Um I'm sure like when any of them are in London, like they're all gonna 
like we've all said like if anybody's ever in the city just like talk to us you can stay at ours yes yeah. it's great. just been a really great thing that's great. Uh, James, Kath, thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks for coming thank down. Thank you for having me. Very insightful. That was episode four of six of Make and Break, DNA D New Blood podcast with WPP. We hope you've gained some valuable experience into the art of thinking. We'll, uh, we'll be back with episode five, discussing the beauty of deadlines, how to use them to your advantage. And we've got Chief Creative Officer and former DNA D President Laura in to give us her insight. Oh.